You're listening to the Hotard Huddle Podcast, presented by me, Michael Hotard. Check it out as we dive into sports, movies, music, TV, and more. This is the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Bringing in, it's time for another episode of the Hotard Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Hotard. Joining me today is uh, a good friend of mine who... We uh, we went in similar career paths. He stuck with it. I pretty much didn't. But anyway, um, it's my buddy Trevor Rice with Heartland Sports. Uh, he does some radio work over there in uh, the Kentucky, uh, the Louisville area. But Trevor and I met actually in my first job out of out of college. Um, you know, we had we had worked together minimally for some stuff when I was at Nichols, and then I got a part-time gig at the radio station, and Trevor was the one who kind of showed me the ropes, and the friendship just sort of developed from there. Um, so without further ado, it is Trevor Rice. Thanks so much for being on here, man. I'm excited to uh, sit down and have a chat with you, brother. Absolutely. I mean, and before we even get started on what's happening in Trevor's life, I mean, uh, you know, it was funny because I was actually going through uh, Facebook and looking for the picture of Trevor and I doing uh, play-by-play for a high school football game down in Lafouche Parish. And upon going through our friendship on Facebook, I saw all the birthday posts, and every single one of them from the time we met has been something to do with none other than The Rock. So a little <laughs> a little backstory behind that. So Trevor and I, like I said, this is my first job out of college. It's a part-time gig at a radio station. He shows me how to cut up commercials, and that's what we did. And... You know, when we would sit there cutting up commercials, that is a very monotonous, boring, and repetitive process. It's nothing hard. It's nothing strenuous. But in order to pass the time, you got to find some way to keep yourself entertained because the monotony of it can just be overbearing at times. And Trevor and I both have uh, a soft spot for wrestling and one of our mutual favorite wrestlers is none other than The Rock. So we would spend pretty much the six hours a day I was there. Um, I'd go in about three times a week. So for six hours, three times a week, he and I are spitting rock promos back and forth nonstop. And when I say spitting them, I mean screaming them from the production room. You know, I, it wouldn't totally surprise me if we made it onto airwaves while uh, Larry was doing his morning show uh, or anything like that. But 
you know, you talk about the shared interests and the common interests from wrestling to sports to everything in between. You and I just kind of hit it off from the get-go, and that's sort of where that that work relationship developed into a friendship, so to speak. Um, And also, a little tidbit about Trevor. Uh, You know, I wrote a column about... um, quite possibly the worst seven, eight month period of my life uh, when I got a job at a newspaper because of the boss I had. It was a very, very bad time for me. And uh, dude, I remember going to lunch with Trevor, uh, you know, whether it was the good old Golden Corral uh, or there was this place, Wanks, and uh, we used to just hit up these little spots around town and it was great having a friend who just listened to me bitch for an hour uh, about how much I hated my boss. So uh, thank you for that. And most importantly, just thank you for being a great friend. And, uh, dude, again, I'm pumped to have you on, man. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, that was definitely a bad situation, that, that job you were with. But, yeah, just going back to, uh, to you know, our first days, Hanging out, uh, I mean, we eventually would form what, what we call the, the rock and sock connection back, <laughs> back in the WWF days. And, uh, yeah, we'd just be spending a whole bunch of time doing production, showing you how to do some barter spots and stuff like that, putting those together, just uh, cutting old rock promos and uh, not even really caring the fact that somebody could have hurt us while doing it, which... <laughs> And dude, it wasn't just like us reciting this. No, like we would go into full character on this and just scream them from the top of our lungs. I think, uh, I think Karen had walked in one day on us and just looked at us like, dude, what the hell are you guys doing? Don't worry about it. We're, we're just cutting rock promos. Just, you know, go back to your office. (laughs) <laughs> we're just cutting wrestling promos here, doing some work. I mean, not a big deal. But yeah, I really enjoyed my time uh, four plus years down down in Louisiana. I met a bunch of uh, great people and uh, saw, unfortunately, one of the worst runs that Nichols, the football program, could have possibly had in my tenure down there. And then they started getting good when I leave. Yeah. Uh, about how that goes you're preaching to the choir i mean i used to go to every single game for four years so yeah i i completely understand that but i guess we'll start there so you know you were doing you and i first connected really while i was still a student now of course i knew of you didn't really know you per se because i knew you did uh you were working with brad with um with the pregame show that uh, you guys did for Nichols football. Because I worked for Nichols, I don't know how my name got thrown into the hat of it, uh, probably by Mike Wagenheim, if I had to guess, another great guy that you and I both know from Nichols. Um, But I I got the opportunity to do locker room interviews with you guys, so I would get those throughout the week, send them to you guys, and, um, you know, that's kind of where I got my foot in the door with Sunburst, so... Um, you know, that was obviously a great opportunity, but that's where you and I first sort of connected. So walk us through, I guess, what some of your duties were with, uh, Sunburst Media and kind of what led to you leaving, essentially. 
Yeah, well, I started off me being uh, basically the helping out with the morning stuff, maybe doing some news, sports news and stuff like that in the mornings, and then uh, uh, having programs and stuff put in um, yeah, for, for our morning shows for who was Scoop Daniels on LA 106.3, and then uh, we had uh, C96.7 with, with Larry Hyde in the morning. So I, I was just helping out and doing morning stuff originally, and then uh, I was there for production purposes, uh, making sure that all of our, our companies, our buildings, commercials were, were uh, completed and uh, voiced and produced, and then uh, doing sports, too. I, I began uh, doing play-by-play for football down there in uh, Terrebonne and Lafourche Parishes, and then um, really, uh, really started to evolve past that and starting to do some stuff. We'll do a show for Nichols, uh, the football t- their football team on Saturdays. And, uh, yeah, just uh, just growing down there, uh, just getting some more radio experience in an area that I had never even been to, first of all, let alone know anybody really down in that area. So you, you go from living in rural Iowa, like where, where I'm from, to living in a swamp territory, just... Uh, you know, on the outstretch of uh, New Orleans and Bayou Country and all that. It's a totally different mindset down there, atmosphere, the scenery is different, everything. Like it, it was one of the most surreal things that I had ever experienced and do not regret one second going down there. But, yeah, just going down there and uh, originally just doing production stuff and then all that other stuff kind of came along with it. I'm a big sports fan, as you know, and uh, that that was a big part of it. Really grew as a broadcaster while I was down there. But yeah, just that was four years, four plus years that I do not regret at all. It was a lot of fun. Um, met great people like yourself, and then uh, you invited me on your show there at Nichols. You, you were at the radio program, so you invited me on your show one time. We kind of developed that, that friendship, and then. There was uh, once or twice where I had you, um, for whatever reason, Stan Gravois, who I was calling the football games with down there for high school. Yeah, you uh, you joined me, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Dude, hell yeah, man! I I actually completely forgot that uh, you had come on the uh, the overtime, which was the show at uh, at Nichols when I was working for. KNSU and I had my own sports show. I completely forgot that you and I did a show once before there, um, because it wasn't often I had guests for that. And um, you know, I think maybe you were one of four, maybe five people, because normally it was an hour with a co-host talking about the latest sports news. So yeah, man, it's um, and you know, one of the great parts I guess about working in a small town like like. Lafouche or Terrebonne Parish, you know, it's a very tight-knit community. There's room for opportunity. There's room for growth. Um, you know, unfortunately, things happen with the radio station beyond anyone's control, really. Uh, you know, with this being a very cutthroat and competitive industry, things just happen sometimes. Um, but, the you know, the minimal time I did spend at the radio station, there was more than enough opportunity presented to me uh, kind of playing off of what you're saying about all these opportunities that came your way over there. Um, you know, I, I distinctly remember the, that we were doing a remote broadcast and uh, Scoop Daniels uh, had told me, hey, you want to 
come on for a live segment at this event while we were standing there just kind of out of the blue i was like well yeah sure why not you know um so it, it a lot of the people that worked at that station were just down to earth as can be there was no high egos there so it, it was a lot of fun um and definitely an enjoyable experience working down there until of course i hit the eventual wall that i alluded to earlier but uh you know whenever you left um you know, it was, uh, uh, it was kind of, it was a bittersweet. I knew the opportunity you were getting was a big one, but of course I'm like, well, shit, man, there goes my boy. Like, you know, one of the last memories I think I have of you and I hanging out was the Super Bowl, uh, where the Seahawks and the Patriots played against each other and the infamous don't run the ball on the one play happened, which was, a definitely a, a a fun time and i think a memory you and i will both always hold because well for all intents and purposes you know as well as i do and a lot of the people that probably listen to this regularly know this i don't exactly uh know how to have events or you know sit and watch sports without getting a little competitive without talking a little shit when things are going my way and it's and trust me I can take it just as much as the next person, but you, you're one of the more quiet guys when it comes to watching sports and things like that, and I ragged on you because at the time, I was going for the Seahawks, um, that's who I had picked to win the Super Bowl in the preseason, so for all intents and purposes, I was pulling for them to win so my prediction could hold true, so I'm giving you shit for the entire length of this football game. And I just remember you sat there quietly, didn't say too much. And then the second that interception happened, I've never seen you jump out of a chair so quickly. And you just let me have what was probably four hours of me going for your throat on this. And uh, definitely one of those good memories that I will for forever remember. You made the biggest mistake of your life. First of all, you went against Tom Brady. <laughs> second of all, second of all, that that entire game, that Pete Carroll making that mistake, not running the football there with uh, Marshawn Lynch, that that ultimately was your fault because you picked the Seahawks to win. <laughs> well, I can't really argue against that, considering I won Sacco of my fantasy league this year, and 2020 happened, so I'm getting blamed for that too. So, what else is new? Yeah, most definitely. But yeah, but the reason, uh, going back to why I left Louisiana, was not because I, I wanted to. It wasn't because I wanted to. It was because, um, much like the Saints organization at the time, much like what Nichols had done through my entire, a good chunk of my tenure down there, it just, uh, the, the oil field industry took a dump along with uh, all the, the college teams and the, the, the pro team down, down there, uh, Everyone just decided to suck at one time, and that included the oil field industry. Uh, prices started to really drop, and uh, yeah, there was just not enough money in the area. So I eventually got let go. They, they pulled me to the office and said they had to let me go. And um, being down there so far away from Iowa, I mean, I just I packed my stuff up within the month and uh, headed back back to Iowa for for a little bit before. Uh, Taking taking the job here in Kentucky, that's one of the biggest benefits, and I always tell college kids uh, this, or people who are going into college, high schoolers, 
that you need to meet as many people as you can. Networking is the most important thing you will do on this planet. And the more people you know, you can know the wrong people, of course, but the more people you know and uh, the best for the, the better off you're going to be and everything. I've had three different jobs professionally in radio, and all of them were not necessarily based on my my skill set, what I could bring to the table. It was who I knew and who could help me land those jobs. And I've worked in three different states professionally and then did my internship in a fourth different one. So just meeting people, great first impressions, and how, how you handle yourself in the classroom, meeting all these people is going to pay huge dividends down the road to uh, possibly you having a, a great future. Dude, 100%. You know, you, you mentioned that, and I, I'm not sure if you read it. I just posted it yesterday. Um, you know, I, I posted this before the weekend started for those listening because obviously this is pre-recorded, but... I wrote a letter to my high school self, and one of the biggest things about me is going into high school and even throughout high school, I didn't have much confidence in myself, you know, so networking for me was was tough to some degree, you know, I, I not to say I didn't meet a lot of people, but... I wasn't as confident. I wasn't someone who was going to approach someone the same way I would now. Now it's second nature. It's like, oh, cool. You know, this guy, great. Let's talk about it. And next thing you know, we're friends. But, you know, it, it, you mentioned that, and it's crazy because all the positions I currently hold. So I I run my own marketing company um, with a couple of silent partners on that, and the whole reason the marketing company started was because I got into the marketing side, into the social media marketing side, through someone I met through Anytime Fitness. You know, we were uh, hanging out at a basketball game. One of the guys I went to high school with trained trained for Anytime Fitness, and he was like, hey, let me introduce you to uh, this guy, Danny. And he was a manager at another Anytime Fitness, and... You know, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to be a, essentially a GM of one of the most successful anytime fitnesses in the entire franchise. Well, he uh, he and I just started talking, and he had a lot of questions because he was fairly new to the to the franchise model. So I was like, "Dude, for sure, look, add me on Facebook if you have any questions." Cool, and you know, one thing led to another. Now he's one of my best friends, um, and then. Also, I just recently landed that writer position with Report. Literally a guy I met in my first college math class when I was 18. He's the one who runs that company along with a couple of partners of his. So again, when you talk about the networking, dude, you just, you literally don't know who you are talking to and what they are going to amount to. You never no, and it can always lead to other job opportunities or just opportunities to better your life. So, dude, when you say, you know, network, 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 100% feel that because much similar to you, a lot of the jobs I've held have been because I knew people in those jobs or in those companies already. Yeah, and you're, you're, you've always been a very positive guy, too, when it comes to... Uh 
how how you introduce yourself, how you make contact with that person. You're, you're a very likable person. You have a great personality, and so it would make sense why you you know develop so many relationships over the years. And I think that's why we hit it off so early. It's just, dude. It's it. Like I said, it. I guess because of the lack of confidence I had back then when I was growing up, I I think it's just a flip. Uh, a switch just flipped at some point, you know, really midway through college. It it got to this point where it was just essentially a, a mentality of, okay, this is me. If you don't like me, great. On to the next one. I really don't give a shit. And a lot of times that can get mischaracterized as, oh, I don't care, you know, about the opinions of others. I don't, you know, care about how I look to people. I do, but I'm also not going to basically change how I am for the sake of someone liking me. So, and in turn, I think situations like with you and other people, it just, it it commands a certain level of respect to some degree, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that to sound arrogant by any stretch of the imagination. I just think it's the reality of the situation based on what people like you have told me in the past. So it's just, dude... Don't be afraid to put yourself out there, man. I mean, you are who you are, and, you know, if if an opportunity is going to come along, let it be for the person that you are rather than the person you're trying to be. Nope, you are exactly right, and uh, I, I saw that, uh, I mean, in you, when you were in college at the time, and I was working at the radio station down there with Sunburst, uh, you seem like a, a hungry individual and you wanted to really get things going uh, with, with your career. And granted, it's kind of spun a couple of di- different directions. You've had a couple of kids since then, too, on top <laughs> of getting married. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's, uh, I've seen you evolve quite a bit, too. So, I mean, dude, we got, we got a long life to live. You can't just stay stagnant. But um, with you, you know... Um, one of the things I will touch on, so, you know, growing up in Iowa, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So, you know, coming from Iowa, coming from essentially the Midwest and, uh, for all, for all, for lack of a better term, bumfuck Egypt, essentially, um, you know, you, I feel like when you start talking about people from the Midwest, there's this kind of hardworking mindset behind it. Um, the the guy Danny that I mentioned, um, you know, great friend of mine. One of his, you know, sort of backstories, if you will. He grew up on a farm, so he was taught to work hard and just kind of push through the day to day. So because of that, it's helped him a lot in his career. So, you, you know, talk about you and kind of your upbringing, and you know. You're very proud to be from Iowa. In fact, anytime a celebrity gets brought up and they're from Iowa, you pretty much let everyone know they're from Iowa because you're Iowa proud. So talk about that background and kind of your upbringing and what led you to have that hardworking mindset that you do have. Uh, I, I think it's just you being surrounded by people who who work for everything that they have. And then, you know, you grow up, you you learn to respect your elders pretty quickly. You see what they've done throughout their lives to get to where they were. And it, it just kind of rubs off on you that, hey, this is the mindset. This is how you're supposed to do things. And it, you got to take advantage of every opportunity you get, uh, no matter what career path you decide to take, whether it be 
you know, going to the military, whether it be a farmer or just being what I did, going into radio. You got to be able to meet people. You got to be able to work hard. You got to be able to, um, you know, to take on all the tasks that are ahead of you and, and not be afraid to challenge yourself. Like, like me, for example, living in rural Iowa, like I was talking about, and then moving three states away, you know, 18, 19 hour drive down to South Louisiana to live there to grow as not only a person, but a broadcaster and just, uh, just a human being and really evolve and see things that I had never seen before. So I think uh, it all starts with a mindset. And, you know, a lot of people grow up here. You learn to respect your elders, like I said, real quick. And I had to grow up fast, too. Both my parents worked. And uh, so I had to watch my brothers quite often, especially during the summer months when uh, when they were both, both at work. So I had to grow up pretty quickly and be the responsible one. So I think it just kind of started there and then evolved a little bit. You know, not, not everybody in the state of Iowa is a farmer by any means, but uh, I think if you talk to, you know, the average person, they'll tell you at some point they've worked doing farm stuff at some point, whether it be castling, whether it be baling hay, something along those lines, which I, I've done both, and both are miserable during a hot <laughs> summer day uh, in the summer months of Iowa. Let me just say that. It's not fun at all. But uh, I, I think it just, it's just an early mindset, and it obviously doesn't carry over with everybody, but I think for the most part, if you have a level head, it, it, it's going to stick with you, and you're going to want to uh, represent you know, you're, you're family the best way possible. Um, it, 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 just like everything, it, it's, it's a mindset, how, how you go into it. And if you are determined, then you, you are going to accomplish some things that uh, maybe you wouldn't have seen yourself doing when you were a young child at one point. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, I've always been a fan of, uh, you know, just, trying to push myself to see, to see what else I could do. I'd always had an interest in radio. Uh, not not radio per se, but like weather, sports, stuff like that. Uh, more so on the television side, but then I, I saw radio was an opportunity to get involved in both of those. And it was a big deal. I mean, the first year I was living down there in Louisiana, we had a uh, we had Hurricane Ice come through, which was not a big hurricane by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a very slow-moving storm. It seemed like it was never going to go away. And uh, over a three-day stretch for the most part, I was on for heck, a day and a half, two days of it almost, uh, doing on-air stuff uh, consistently, uh, just trying to you know keep, keep people calm, keep people entertained, and... Uh, just, just trying to stay busy when everybody's locked up during, during a hurricane, which is not fun. And of course, everybody who's uh, down down in Louisiana, especially South Louisiana, towards the New Orleans area, knows that once hurricane season gets there, look out because you just never know what may happen. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of these culture shocks since we're sort of on the subject. Um, you know, obviously in Iowa, you know, Tornadoes are kind of y'all's big natural disasters that you have to worry about there. Um, whereas, you know, you come down here, not to say we don't have tornadoes, because certain parts of the state do, of course. But hurricanes are the are the big natural disaster that we worry about. And 
Uh, and I'd love to get kind of your take on this because for me personally, uh, honestly, because I'm not familiar with it, you you may feel differently than I do about it. But hurricanes, I feel like, are easier to deal with just because you do have a preparation period, essentially. With tornadoes, you don't really have that prep period. It's like, all right, great, there's tornadoes out. Okay, go hide in a closet, go hide in a basement, whatever keeps you safe. Uh, whereas, you know, with with the hurricane, it's like, all right, well, it looks like this storm could be heading this way in four days. All right, well, let's get get the hell for higher ground, you know? So, yeah, I guess for uh, let's start there. So the natural disaster culture shock, was that kind of a shock to you or not really? Uh, it was interesting. Uh, like I said, Isaac really wasn't like a threatening hurricane by any stretch. Like, yes, it rained a lot on the eastern side of it, but it it was so slow moving that you know when the eye eventually crossed over where we were in the in the Homer area, that uh, you were kind of over it at that point. Like it, it wasn't bad enough to like make you worry at all. Now, granted, that was just you know, a category one. That was not a, you know, a category five, like what Florida has seen over the years or what, what Katrina was and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it, it, you, know, you go back to you talking about the, the hurricane, the preparation time, that, that is the biggest difference between the two. If you do have that preparation time to, if you need to decide to get out of there, you have, you have time to get out of there. Whereas, Growing up on the northern side on Hurricane Alley, and you have, or Tornado Alley, excuse me, and then, uh, you know, you're dealing with the possibility of uh, a tornado possibly being in your area. They just cover the whole area in red just to cover their bases. You don't know if your area necessarily is going to see anything. Heck, I've seen uh, aftermaths of tornadoes in, around the area where, where I graduated high school in northwest Iowa. And it has taken out towns, and they've had to rebuild. And it happens in a split second. You have no time to react. So you go from living in that kind of atmosphere to Louisiana, where it seemed like there was only a pop-up shower and thunderstorm just about every day. Mm-hmm. It would just happen around the same time in the afternoon down there in Homa. But uh, I was never worried about tornadoes down there unless, you were talking about a hurricane where that was the likelihood of happening a little more. Um, yeah, it just comes down to preparation time. And, and hurricanes and tornadoes are just completely different animals. And unfortunately, you can have a chance of getting both with, with a hurricane down there. But yeah, it, it's just totally totally different atmospheres with with how things, how, how weather, weather patterns work between the two states. Yeah, for sure. Now, what's uh, uh, outside of the weather? What's some of the big? Uh, what's some of the other big culture shocks that you experienced when you first got to Louisiana? Like, if you can think of one time, one moment that was just like, oh shit, it's like that down here. Okay, cool. Uh, you know what was it? The biggest thing is being surrounded by water on the highway. <laughs> that, that, that was that was the biggest thing. Um, I mean, not even in Minnesota do you feel like that happens, even though, you know, it's a land of 10,000 lakes, but, 
when you're driving down the interstates there, heading east into New Orleans, uh, and you see you're driving on top of water, that is uh, that was just weird in and of itself. And you see the city off in the distance, and you know you have a turnoff to go towards Homa at some point. You're like, am I going to be driving on water this entire stretch, or what's going on here? And then you're, you, know, you, you, you see all of the... The, the weird looking trees, the the moss and everything that's, that's grown on everything, and the the swampland, and it's just a completely different animal from growing up around you know corn and bean fields, pretty much wherever you go. To oh, you're actually on an interstate road now, crossing a lake as we speak. Like it's just uh, there's water everywhere down there, and I knew at that point that I knew that some, I was going to be having an interesting time down there. And then and that, we're not even talking about the people. The people are a lot different down there, too. Speak fast. Uh, they drive fast. They like to party. Uh, it seems like any reason you could come up with to party down there, they're taking the day off, and they're going to have a, a crawfish boil. They're going to have... Uh, you know, all the neighbors over, the friends from around the block over to, to have a good time. Uh, that, that was the biggest thing for me, from going to a hardworking state to a state that, you know, we're going to work, but we're going to party, too, at the same time. Work we're hard, play women. hard, man. That's the motto. That was, that was just a different, uh, just a completely different mindset from what I was used to. For sure, man. So... Then you, then you eventually leave. We had already alluded to this. You leave uh, Louisiana uh, because of some things that were beyond your control, uh, and you head back home to Iowa before landing this job in Kentucky with Heartland Sports. So, what's uh, you know what what kind of led to that? And you know, moving there, what was that process like? And now, you know, we were talking beforehand, and in addition to high school coverage. Um, and stuff like that. You're all. You also mentioned you're covering the Tennessee Titans and uh, the Cincinnati Reds. I believe you said. So, just kind of talk about where you're at now and what led you there. Yeah, you know, I mean the sports side of things is definitely fun. It's not my main my main thing. Though. What I do, uh, I do middays on a classic rock station, one hundred seven three. The point that I do afternoons on an AC top forty type format with. Uh, uh, with B101.5 in the afternoon. So I'm doing a couple of uh, shifts throughout the day. I do a lunch request hour on the Classic Rock Station weekdays, Monday to Friday. And then um, I do uh, a podcast show that I do. Uh, it's an hour long every week called Heartland Sports Live where I talk about different different uh, topics in the area, high school, college. We talk uh, Wildcats, Cardinals with Louisville. Kentucky with the Hilltoppers and stuff like that, and then like you just said, we're Tennessee Titans affiliates, we're Red, the Cincinnati Reds affiliates. So getting to talk about that stuff, and then during uh, high school football and basketball season, get, getting to do play by play, doing high school football here in Hardin County where I live. Uh, oh, I live in Elizabethtown, but it's in Hardin County, which uh, we have Fort Knox just up the road from us. Um, so, uh, a very, very unique area. And, I, you know, every year I try to call a football game at, at Fort Knox, too. So, I'm actually there on base, which is really cool. You drive right by the building that has all the gold in it. And, 
Yeah, it's a really neat area, very pro-military in this area, if you will. Yeah. And just down the road from uh, Louisville along I-65, uh, beautiful area. I recommend anybody who wants to make a trip up there. Um, they got Cave is just down the road, the longest cave chain uh, in the world, just down the road from me. Nashville is a couple of hours away. I've got Indianapolis, two, two and a half hours north of me. Cincinnati's a couple out, a couple plus hours northeast of me. So, I mean, there's several different places you could go to within a uh, reasonable driving distance for a weekend trip if you wanted to, uh, where I'm at now. Uh, just And you go from living in South Louisiana to where I'm at now in Kentucky, which this area here reminds me more, especially when you drive out in the country in some areas, reminds me closer to home than what Louisiana ever could have. And plus, I'm, you know, just a little bit, I'm basically next door to the Midwest. Indiana is literally 40, 50, 55 minutes up the road from me. So you go from living in South Louisiana, dealing with everything that you were down there, to to back to what an area that I, I'm going to say I'm, I'm more familiar with this where I'm from is a Midwest type feel uh, bourbon country is where I'm at now well dude it's, it's just it's uh it, it's interesting uh you know one of the things that I you know I love about the east coast and the way it's kind of laid out on the eastern side of the U.S. There's so many major cities surrounding every other major city. You know, you you can't drive too far without hitting another major city. Whereas once you're down south, I mean, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, then it's going to be a couple hours before you hit the next major city. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with with the eastern side, the the few cities I have visited. Uh, in those areas, I've been to New York, I've been to Boston. I actually went to Louisville uh, for Anytime Fitness for their annual conference a couple of years back, and Louisville was a lot of fun. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a college party town. I was also only there for a couple of days, so um, didn't get the f- to fully scope it out, but I was expecting a little more from it, but it was a nice city. You know, I enjoyed being there. Um, we were right smack in the middle of, of downtown Louisville. Um, I've been to Nashville. Nashville's fantastic. So it, it's really cool to have all of those different cities, uh, kind of surrounding you. Um, but one of the things you mentioned that I wanted to touch on, uh, specifically, I remember talking to you about this, you know, when you first got this job, you had mentioned you were going to be testing the waters, doing play-by-play for basketball. And I remember having this conversation with you because I I have minimal experience doing basketball play-by-play. And I actually talked about this on a previous podcast with my friend Gabby. Um, you know, I can do football. I can do baseball. The second I got on a microphone for basketball, I could not keep up with what was happening. Luckily, it was on radio, so they wouldn't know the difference either way, but I sure as hell did. When I tell you I am so far behind calling this game, 
I, I'm not kidding when I tell you it was like being on a two-second delay. You know, I'm still talking about what was happening on one side of the court. They're already shooting on the other side, and it was miserable. So, um, But I remember talking to you sort of about that learning curve with basketball. So talk about that whenever you first decided to jump in and give that a shot. Well, I mean, it really wasn't me jumping in. It was more like the boss saying, hey, basketball season's coming up. We need uh, somebody to do play-by-play. And I was the guy available to do it. Since uh, uh, football season, my first year here was already being taken care of. So I kind of arrived right at the beginning of football season. So they pretty much had the high school football season taken care of. But basketball season was not. And so uh, I pretty much was told, hey, we need you to do high school basketball, and at that point, it's like, okay, I'll I'll learn this. Basketball is king in the state of Kentucky, and uh, uh, they take their their, their high school basketball, college basketball, very serious, and when it comes to, uh, when it came to my time to do play-by-play, it was rough. Uh, Not having to, you know, have a sit-down session to learn how to pronounce names like it did down in Louisiana definitely <laughs> helped the situation because let's be honest when I when I that was one of the biggest culture shots too going back to it down in Louisiana was just uh, the how you pronounce all of these different cases nothing literally the, nothing sounds like it's spelled <laughs> yeah exactly and so that was the toughest challenge about that so I get down or I, I start doing basketball here. Fortunately, everybody has normal names, so <laughs> now you just gotta now you just gotta focus on at this point uh, the terminology and being able to keep up with the pace. And where you alluded to it, it it, it was tough at first. I, I was I was at a delay, but once you start to familiarize with the, the terminology, the pace of the game, and you start to see these players more and more frequently and, and learn their numbers, their names. It becomes much more easier, and you can you can keep pace with it. Calling names, uh, going from one side of the floor to the next, uh, a pass that was just uh, intercepted, going back the other way in transition, uh, you know, an alley oop here, a three point shot from the corner, something like that. Being able to adjust to it, but it, that that first year, and I got better as the year was progressing. But it it, it was it was tough. I'm not going to say it was easy, but. It was uh, it, it had it had its moments and um, it, it's just gotten better. Like one, the, the more years you do it, the, the easier it is. My my hardest sport, and I've never done baseball yet. My hardest sport would be baseball because you have to be a really damn good BSer. Yeah. And, and I, I, some of those guys uh, who do solo broadcasts for baseball. How they do it is beyond me. I've never been put in that situation. Uh, credit to them for being able to, uh, you know, put on a broadcast solo uh, doing baseball games. Well, there's so much downtime in between pitches and innings and stuff. It, that, that, to me, would be the toughest sport to call is baseball. Basketball, I found to be pretty easy just for the fact that um, football, you have stoppage and play. You have to kill a little, little bit of time here and there. Basketball, go, 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 which is really easy to do not only solo but to just for me my pace how I call games to really just uh, be able to keep feeding information that, that, that's, uh, so I found basketball to be easier than football even 
Well, with for me, so um, with football, one of the one of the I, for me, I think football is the easiest because yes, there is a little bit of downtime, but because of there because of how much happens each play on any given play when it comes to football, it's easy to fill that time. Now, yes. Um, figuring out who's on the field before the play, stuff like that, because obviously substitutions play a role. Um, You know, one of the toughest parts is referencing the roster. So it's important to know the names and everything. But I found a a sweet spot with football, and probably that has to do with experience. I mean, I called games in high school for football. Um, You know, uh, with baseball, I haven't done it a ton. I, I've called a few games for radio for baseball, and, you know, I didn't have too much of a problem filling time. I mean, you could probably tell this to anybody better than just about anybody because we work together. It's not like filling time is hard for me. Um, but, yeah, just basketball, because of how fast pace it was, like I said, it was like my brain was just on a delay. But going back to... Uh, to baseball, the first announcing gig I ever had was actually for my high school softball team. Um, they needed a PA guy. So for a PA guy, typically that's, Hey, let's call out the names of the players, announce the lineups. No, I took it a step further and put the PA on steroids. I went full Harry Doyle for major league and started having fun with it. Um, you know, I, I make little comments and quirks in between plays. One of my favorite things that I ever did, I almost got thrown out of uh, of one of the games because of what I said to an umpire. So a girl had slid in the home, and I thought she was safe by a mile. Uh, and I wasn't just saying that because it was my high school team. Like, no, that was a bad call. So she gets up. And starts walking to the dugout after he calls her out. And I legitimately channeled my inner Harry Doyle. Um, and I was like, yeah, we'll just say that's a questionable call. And I said this on the loudspeaker. He turns around. He was like, hey, you do that again, you're out of here. I was like, all right, my bad. But that was that was the first experience I had with announcing. And that's sort of where it sparked my interest, though. Because, I, dude, I had so much fun with it. It was just fun being out there. I, I wasn't getting paid for anything, but I'm like, hey, I'm out here watching sports calling games. What what more could I want at 15 years old, you know? So it, it was a good time. No, definitely. As you talk about uh, getting experience that early, very beneficial to you. Uh, I, I was thinking moving forward to where you would eventually uh, go and calling games with me. Uh, I guess what, uh, what took you out of Well, I guess for me, uh, it goes back to what had happened with the paper. I mean, you know all the backstories. You know all the horror stories. It got to a point where I was just fed up with it. Um, And I I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was working for Eric Ritchie, uh, who is a big, prominent... um, high school sports guy in in the New Orleans area. You know, he has the Catholic League website. He has the, the River Parish website. I was doing some side work for him, and I felt like I was doing an adequate job, but because of everything that had happened prior to that with 
uh, the paper because I was still working at the paper while working for him and I was doing this on the side to make a little extra money. And I was enjoying it because it was sports, but because of all the baggage that came with me working at the paper, I didn't do as good of a job as I could have. Um, you know, one story I'll tell you. So I covered the the high school football championship. Destran happened to play, so I was out on the field um, and in the press box. I was covering those games, and I left and I went to drop off the the footage that we had got from the game, myself and one of the other guys. Well, I get all the way to Eric's house uh, in Destrahan. He lived right around the corner from me, so that was convenient. But I get to his house, and I'm digging through my bag. I can't find the fucking memory card with all the footage on it. So at this point, I'm like, dude, like I just dropped the ball on the state championships. What the fuck? So... I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm ransacking my, my own car. I'm like, I know I put it in the bag. Well, um, long story short, I told Eric, I was like, dude, like, I'm going back to, to the dome and I'm going to find it. So I get, uh, I tell Melissa, um, because she was going to stay at my parents' house with me. And she was like, no, I'll take a ride with you. So I go pick up Melissa. We go back to the dome and I wind up pulling into the back garage and I talked to a security guard and I was like, look, I was just covering the game. I have to come back. I can't find a memory card. Can I get up back on the field? And she was, the security was like, all right, let me call it in. So calling in, I get back into the field. I'm searching where my bag was sitting. Sure enough, the memory card was sitting right there. So luckily I found it. I bring it to him all as well. But again, it was just another situation where I was just like, dude, what the fuck? Why are you messing up so bad? And a lot of it was because of everything. Like I said, all that baggage that was weighing on me from the paper. So in short now to answer that question, it just got to a point where I just didn't want to do it. I didn't have the desire to do it. And that's when I sort of sparked this up with Hotard Huddle. Um you know, about a year after leaving the paper, I just started getting an itch to write again, started getting an itch to talk about sports because for the last year, a lot of things happened that I wanted to talk about, but I'm like, ah, well, I don't really have an uh, uh, a launch point to talk about those things. So I'm like, well, dude, screw it. It's easy. You know how to build a website through WordPress, just start a blog. So that's what I did. And, you know, I've been doing this since, and now I'm back in some capacity to writing for a publication. So uh, eventually I found my way back in, but dude, it was just, it was tough to want to do it for a long time. No, I totally get you on that. Um, and I, I think what you're doing now with your blogging and, uh, you know, this podcast is your way to escape and still do something. Absolutely. I mean, that's all it is. I, I say it all the time to friends and I've wrote, I've, written this in the blog it's it's therapy for me essentially so um but it, it, it was a good it was a it's it's been good i mean i've had it for four years now so you know it's it's fun and that's that's the original reason i got into sports to begin with was to have fun with it to cover something that i've always cared deeply about so doing that on my own terms is what's kind of kept me happy um and, and, you know, I always talk about this with with teachers, stuff like that. But, 
you know, meeting people like you and um, all those who are always supportive of it. You know, some of the people at the paper, uh, one of them is now one of my best friends, you know, having people like that around to just kind of, you know, be there for me and who to some capacity could understand it helped me get back into this to some degree. So, um, but with, I, I guess with you now that you're, uh, now that you're in Kentucky, um, what's, I, I guess what's been sort of the high point for you since you've been there. Cause now it's what going on three or four years. I'd say the thing that, yeah, it'll be uh, four years in late August, actually. Okay. I've been here already. So I've, I've just about been here as long as I was down there in Louisiana, if you can believe that already. Dude, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, time, time is flying by as, uh, as we speak. And, um, you know, it, the thing about Kentucky, about a high that I say I have right now is this is probably – and I started this in early last year. It has nothing to do with radio. It just deals with me. Just uh, I've been in the process of just getting getting in shape and just being in the best shape that I've been since, well, early high school for the most part. And so that, that's the biggest thing for me right now is I've been uh, exercising just, uh, and it's been a while since I've been, been over to the shelter uh, to really help out just for the fact of, uh, COVID-19 became a thing this year. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, maybe you've, you've, you've heard of it. Maybe. It's, it's been mentioned once or twice in news stories. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I've, uh, late last year, actually, no, it was about summer of last year, I started helping out and volunteering at a, at a dog shelter once a month, just trying to get involved in the community more. And then, uh, you know, just, working on exercise and, and, and stuff like that, getting getting fit, uh, which I'm, I still have a long ways to go, but I'd say this is probably the happiest I've been in a long time with, with myself personally, outside of, outside of work. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been pleased with a lot of stuff that I've done, whether it be commercial work, uh, how a game went or doing play by play for the entire stretch of four quarters. But, me personally, probably the happiest I've been in, in a long time, um, just because I'm the lightest I've been in a long time. So, uh, like I said, I still have a lot of work to go, but uh, everything, I, I could not be more pleased with how things are going right now in Kentucky. I live in a great state, a lot of great people, and um, for me, it's a lot It's a lot closer to home, too, so it makes it easier, it makes it easier to make a road trip up to Iowa. Dude, that's that's fantastic. You know, I remember you telling me that you had uh, lost some weight, um, and we were actually talking about progress pictures, so to speak, because you, you you don't post a whole lot on Facebook to begin with, so it's not like you're on there like, hey, this is my progress, whatever, whatever. Um, but I remember you telling me that you had you had started working out, you had started losing weight and everything, and that's that's freaking awesome, you know. Um, because of the time I spent in the, you know, the health and fitness industry, of course, that's something that's never going to leave me. Um, you know, I saw a lot of really great, inspiring stories. So whenever I hear of friends of mine who are kind of taking that step in their their own lives, it, it obviously hits close to home. Um, but, you know, 
uh, one of the one of the great parts about about the working out, not just from the the losing weight aspect or hitting that physical milestone, dude. It's such a relief mentally because you know not only does it help you relieve that day to day stress, but just doing it you you just feel a sense of accomplishment just better about yourself it's really a a huge catalyst for a high self esteem um so i'm i'm very happy for you in that regard and that you're you know you kind of took that step to start making making your life a little bit healthier so freaking congrats on all that man that's probably uh, for all the radio work you've done and for all the things that you know I've seen you produce in in the time I've known you that by far is my favorite part about your journey thus far is just you taking that step and you know trying to get to that healthy lifestyle that you that you want so dude congrats yeah and it comes down to going back to the beginning part of this thing that his mindset and obviously me being a self-motivator it's never used to self-motivate us discovered that through this process, but uh, just being able to keep going and going and going and feeling like going on a walk regularly, going, you know, I purchased some dumbbells recently and I started lifting a little bit, so just uh, getting in the mindset of doing things on a regular basis and, and making time for it, uh, after living in Louisiana, living in Iowa, uh, where everyone wants to keep shoving food down your throat, um, and, and it seems like down in Louisiana, uh, I, I ate a lot down there, uh, which is going to be any person who decides to live down there. It's just, just the way it is. You're going to eat a lot and all that's unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, I, I had never heard of people cooking up and eating pig fat until I lived in Louisiana. I did not even know that was a thing. Uh, so going from that to where I'm at now, deciding last year that I'm in my early 30s now, it is time to make make a change before uh, before things get worse. And it was just a just a deep thinking moment that you know you don't want your parents to bury you before you bury them. For sure. And so that was the biggest that was the biggest thing I was thinking about this entire thing and why I made the change. I, I purchased a scale, and that that's my check. Right, right there, every day, hopping on it, keeping my accountability. The biggest thing, making sure you're not going up, you're going the opposite direction with the weight loss, and uh, that that's the big, that was the biggest thing for me is was getting a scale, and then I called myself accountable, and I just kept losing and losing over this time, and now I'm down uh, as we speak now, 145 pounds somewhere Dude. right around there. Hell so, yes, man. Hell yes. That's awesome. Yeah, the time of this, uh, the time of us recording right now, 145 pounds, still have a long way to go, but uh, I feel better than, uh, I, I, this is the best I've felt since since high school, most active I've been, and uh, just, just got to keep, keep this going, and uh, for, the, for anybody who decides to listen to this, who's thinking about going down a similar path, trying to you know, live a healthier life. It, it's not easy. It's not. You've seen people. You you work in that industry where oh, yeah. you're dealing with people who are looking to try to get in shape. It is not easy. 
And especially if you're trying to self-motivate, the only thing I can tell you is to keep going. Get a scale. Hold yourself accountable. Weigh yourself every morning. I do the intermittent fasting diet. So I have a seven, eight-hour window that I eat only. Just watch how many calories you put in. Uh, just eating lunch and dinner, and then I have a snack every day. Um, and just drink a lot of water. Just uh, change, change up your habits. But for a lot of people, it's tough. It's, it's going to be tough. But uh, like, like everything, you should you're going to achieve it if you really want to. Absolutely, dude. You know, one of the things I always told people was baby steps. You know, it's you, you got to make gradual changes. You got to understand two, two big things that you always have to understand when it comes to health. One, there's no magic fix. If someone tells you it's going to come quickly, what's the adverse effects? That should be your first question. And two, it doesn't stop. You know, a lot of people have this idea in their head that once they reach their goal, that's it, they're done. It's like, no, now you have to keep going and find a new ceiling or figure out a way to maintain where you're at if you're happy. Um, you know, uh, I know I had gotten out of working out for, you know, about a year after I left the gym um, just kind of got away from it again. Like I, I love the people I work with at the gym. I'm still friends with them. Um, but you work somewhere for four years and you know, one of the things about working in a gym, it can be mentally exhausting. You know, you, you constantly hear about other people's problems. So you put yours off to the side. Um, so once I left the gym, I was kind of like, all right, cool. Don't really want to go back into a gym for a while. Well, a while turned into a year and you know, October, I, I go to a buddy of mine's uh, engagement party who, um, you know, I've been friends with since high school. And there's a group picture that gets posted on the internet. And there was a lot of things that played into this picture that left me feeling unflattered about what I was seeing um, from the from the shirt to the angle and everything in between. It certainly wasn't a quote-unquote accurate depiction of me, but I saw that picture and I was like, yep, fuck this, not going down this path. So kind of the kind of the same thing, like just kind of kicked myself in the ass. It gave me that little bit of motivation that I needed. And I uh, joined the gym. I'm still a member there, obviously. I'm not going back until all this COVID shit is under control. Um, but one of the things I did for myself while not uh going to the gym i uh going back to the to the to the roots here trevor that is wrestling i got ddp yoga so i'm doing that a couple of times a week now to stay in shape but dude it's just about finding finding what works for you man it's a lot of trial and error just like a lot of other things in life so once you can kind of find that i mean dude once you get to that sweet spot it's the going gets uh or, you know, it's, it's easier to get going, essentially. Yeah, and, you know, good, good for you getting back into it. And, um, yeah, I'd say that's the, the biggest thing for me, being being pleased with myself, being able to look at myself, at myself in the mirror. And, and, you know, you see the results. You see, you see yourself actually becoming better, dropping pants sizes and stuff like that. It's, just uh, one of the greatest 
greatest feelings uh, losing weight after being a big boy from uh, the Midwest my entire life. Now I'm trying to not be a big boy, but just a tall boy from the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> tall boy that, uh, yeah, all right, so let me ask you this. Are you still rocking that uh, that Indomitian Sioux jersey that you always wore? No, and now Drew Brees is going and making it so I can't even wear his jersey anymore. <laughs> Oh, man. But um, we're about to close up here. Um, But before we do, you know, um, going back to kind of the the grounds, I want to talk about this for a minute. It's something I I like to poke fun at my guests in case you haven't noticed if you're listening, uh, if you've listened to several episodes, if you're listening for the first time. There's always some funny stories I like to poke fun at my guests about. And I alluded to this earlier, and it's, if there's a celebrity out there who is from Iowa, I promise you Trevor knows about it. So in the middle of talking about wrestling, because again, when we worked at the station, it was one of the topics we talked about. Uh, the Shield was a big thing back then. Now, for those who aren't wrestling fans, I'm probably going to lose you here. That's okay. If you are, the three members of The Shield uh, – John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, who is no longer with WWE, which I'm happy about because WWE sucks. But story for another day. Uh, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Where Trevor and I are talking about the Shield, um, and in the middle of me telling the story I was telling, I don't even remember the context of what it was. I mentioned Seth Rollins' name, and he holds his hand up, makes it a point to interrupt and be like, look, I just want to make one thing clear about Seth Rollins. He's from Davenport, Iowa. You may proceed. Interrupts the entire story just to fill me in. And because of that, I'll never forget now that Davenport, Iowa is a place. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the, hey, I mean, if you know, and you hear like a celebrity name, something, you know, good they're doing. I mean, Seth Rollins is a fantastic uh, wrestler. I think he's represented himself in the state of Iowa well while he's been with WWE. I think uh, you, you got to be proud of the people who are making a name for themselves from your your same uh, neck of the woods. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's one thing I've always been proud of. You got you to support the, the people who are from your state when they're doing something good. Now let me ask you this, because I do want to ask you another question before we wrap up. So, recently I I celebrated my 29th birthday, and one of the things that I've found a hobby in doing is sort of letting other people talk about me. You know, I want them to tell their honest opinions about me. So I, I asked a series of questions to a bunch of my friends, Trevor being one of those friends, and uh... I believe, uh, I can't remember the exact um, line of the questioning, but it was something to do with athletes. I, I think it was, how would you describe me as an athlete? And yeah, no, it, was, it. it was more along the lines of people who have seen me play, like what would they actually say about my athleticism? And it was basically me giving them a golden opportunity to take a shot at how unathletic I can be, but yet somehow it works i don't know but trevor you had said uh orange cassidy 
that's all you needed to say. So Orange Cassidy, for those who don't know, is another wrestler that I have a complete man crush on at this point. He's the most non nonchalant. He's known as King of Sloth style. He just gives no fucks whatsoever. So let me hear this. Why Orange Cassidy? Because, I mean, I feel like it's just your life in general. Like, <laughs> you're on cruise control. You, you look cool doing it. And uh, if you need to, you can kick some ass when, when, it, when you know, something bad happens. <laughs> I will take it. I will accept the answer. But um, other than that, man, uh, we're approaching the hour and ten mark. But, Trev, I really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything you'd like to say before, you, before we close this out? No, nothing. Uh, I'm glad you asked me to, to be on here and, and do this with you. I've uh, always enjoyed our conversations, and uh, I think we kept it pretty PG this time around compared to some of the stuff that we've done before. <laughs> now, uh, before that, can I get can I get a rock promo from you? Can I put you on the spot here for a rock promo? Haley Saturn, the rock knows you have not one eye that goes that way and another eye that goes that way. And the rock just hopes for one single solitary second that the eye that's going that way is looking at the rock's hand going that way. So the rock will slap that crooked eye straight. How did I know you were going to drop the classic uh, promo he cut on the Radicals? Love it. Um, but Trev, again, thanks for coming on, man. And as always, honor the huddle. Thank you for tuning in to the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Stay up to date with all the latest episodes released on the 1st and 15th of every month at hotardhuddle.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle.